Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is a repeat because Dateline gave us a update episode, which was very good. But it was an episode we've already covered. But it was a good update. But it wasn't I, enough of an update for us to recover it, is I think what you're talking about. I'll to do say. the update right now. Second trial, he went to jail. Found guilty that's again. That's a big update. Yeah, but that's it. How can we make a whole episode out of that? I just did it in two minutes. So we're doing a repeat called The Goldfinger Mystery. Woohoo. I wanted to do this one. Yes, you did. I'm excited. It is season 20, episode 19, January 20th, 2012, so 10 years old, hosted by Josh Mankey on top of a rooftop. Goldfinger! That's the reason I wanted to do it. Because you wanted to sing that song? Yes. Okay. I was hoping you knew how it went, because I don't. That's how it goes. It do- I mean, it definitely doesn't sound anything like that, but that's the right. general idea of the tune and kind of of the length. That's it. So we start off with Lester saying, they made a killing in the gold business. Then someone else made a killing too. Lester. Lester is on top of it. And it got me wondering who writes his lines. We should have asked Mr. Mankiewicz that when he was on our show last week, because I want to know, I know Mank writes his own lines, but who writes Lester's lines? He might write many of them. He has some good ones. It might be him. I don't know if he even watches the episodes, to be perfectly honest. He's a very busy man. He's like interviewing presidents. Then I am guessing it is whoever, whatever producer is working on the episode, the team, someone within that. It might be the same person that writes the title, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. So Mank says, take a look at this security video and tell me what you see. So right away, we're involved in the episode. We yep. have a, been given a task to do and we're invested. Yeah. We see a woman. She is walking alone to her car in a parking garage. And is she in danger? Mr. Makewitz asks us. Well, it's a dateline. So yes. yes. Also, parking garage. Yes. yes. Always dangerous is in a parking garage. Alone. No, never. Ever since Rose was running from that guy who th- she thought was a burglar on Golden Girls. It's not really a burglar because she's in a parking garage. It's a whole thing. She was really scared. And ever since I saw the movie Urban Legends, really don't like parking garages. And this n- Mank is narrating everything we're seeing on these security footage from this parking garage, from this building, this skyscraper building. Right. In Century City, California. Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> Very much so. He says, same building complex, different angle. A man focuses on his cell phone. Who is he calling? You are watching scenes from a marriage. The final scenes, as it turned out. And at this time, at the time this video was recorded, one of them had just minutes to live. Oh, boy. So basically, there's a woman walking to her car in a parking garage, Mm -hmm. and at the same building, in the courtyard of the building, is a man looking at his cell phone. He is Jim Fayed. She is Pamela Fayed. Come on. If you didn't realize, I'm not going to say how many times I've seen this episode. Several. I'm not going to say how long into my recap it took me to realize that they were named... Pam and Jim. So I got to Jim. I got to Jim because I have a title with an office reference. 
Good. It didn't get to Pam and Pam and Jim until about 15 seconds ago. Oh, you went to Jim without... Ago. You I went got to Jim, Jim without but, Pam. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. But her name... You yep. went to Jim with... Just randomly, you went to Jim from the office because you heard the name Jim, not knowing that... Realizing that her name was Pam. It's been quite a day. I think subconsciously you knew her name is Pam. I had to have. And that... It had to have been. I'm hoping that that because was it. Let's go with that. We've had other episodes with a man named Jim, and you didn't go to the office necessarily. Right. So I did in this one, so it must have subconsciously, like, subconsciously. been hearing Jim and Pam. But yeah. it is... It is... That is... Well, it's not a coincidence. It took me almost I was done with my recap when I realized. That's all right. But this is all of you probably got it. Well, you get it right now because we're telling you. So there you go. This is basically the bad timeline version of The Office's Pam and Jim. If after the wedding episode in Niagara Falls, they come back, work for a few more months at Dunder Mifflin, and then change career paths, this is what happens. Yeah. Without Michael Scott to keep their love afloat. Or Dwight to keep it. third. uh, And Dwight. Antagonistic. Yeah. Then it really wouldn't have worked out. Okay. So Pam and Jim have just met with their lawyers in this Century City building. Pamela gets off the elevator on the third floor, walks to her car, and is attacked from behind with a knife. Ooh. On the video of the courtyard of the building, you can see everyone hearing a woman screaming. Like in some zombie movie, they all just kind of slowly shuffle off to the right towards the sound to figure out what's happening. Which is the antithesis to what we saw last week, where a woman is screaming in her apartment at various times in the wee hours of the morning and at midnight, like from midnight to 4 Mm a.m. No one does anything. In Mm -hmm. this case, everyone moves towards the dangerous sound. Mm -hmm. Then a man saw a tall man jump into a man saw another man (laughs) jump into a red SUV and drive away. So that's Uh the car of the killer. This man tried to help Pam, but this is a little graphic. The only thing not covered in blood was the whites of her eyes. That's how many times she had been stabbed. She stood up somehow and reached her arms out and said, help me. But it was too late. She's pronounced dead at the scene. I just can't imagine how traumatizing that is for the man and how horrific it was for her. This is horrible. Horrible. Josh Mankiewicz uh, is there to make us feel better. He is on the top of a building, maybe the same building. It is basically Nakatomi Tower. It, there's a helicopter pad on that top floor, and he's looking suave, like he's going to rappel off the side of the building like James Bond or like Mission Impossible, maybe with those suckers on your hands and your feet. You know what I'm talking about? Gold finger. You know the suckers? Yes. Yeah. The camera is sweeping away in a drone shot, and it pans out over all of Century City, and Josh is just a tiny little dot. And we learn that Century City is where rich people live and work. It's where all the big agents in Hollywood are. No, you need to rephrase that, (laughs) Josh. It's where people work, but not rich people work. It's an expensive place, but I was very, very poor when I worked in Nakatomi Tower. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, just saying. 
I don't know if that's true. I think some high-powered people work there, but most of the people that work there are people that live very, very far away and are so grumpy that they have to commute into that area every day. Because it's like the center of LA if you don't live there. It's hard to get to, and it's the most congested freeways. Yes, it's brutal. It's horrible. So it'd be and great if you had a helicopter to would to land on the helipad. That'd be great, but... Otherwise. And if you're assistant, an assistant in Hollywood, you sometimes have to drive to Century City and drop off an envelope and you never get to know what's in the envelope. And you wonder, why couldn't a courier have done this? Or why couldn't they have used a fax machine or a scanner? Yeah, we have Century City pigeon. stories. If you, that's another, maybe we'll do some extra outtakes at the end of Century, what it's like Just in how Century grumpy City. we are about Century City. Just so grumpy. Yeah, it's not, no one's happy in Century City. It's the unhappiest place on earth. It's the antithesis of Disneyland. Yeah. So usually when these people in Century City are talking about bloody murder, it's a deal that went south. This time it was the real thing. Mm. And now Mank is standing on top of the building with lead LAPD detective, who is a very suave man in a bowler hat. Oh my. Love the bowler hat. Not a bowler. That is a fedora. The chocolate fedora. fedora. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, loved. Salam Abdul Rahman is his name. Mm-hmm. He's great. I thought he and Mank made an excellent pair. They could be the new. What is it? The the case squad. It's not the missing. Well, persons. yeah. Dateline cold case case squad. He could be in that something. <laughs> yeah. I was getting a little nervous with the heights. I don't love heights. I really don't like heights. I don't love Mank on top of high things. I get worried. But Salam with. The fedora and the yellow tie, and he looks like a gumshoe. I felt like I'm fine with all of this. Oh, it was great. It was like a movie. So now he and Mank are walking in the parking garage, which is kind of funny because what if you were in a parking garage? You're already on edge, especially I think women are on edge. I don't know if men are always on edge in parking garages. Women, I know, are at least the ones I know. I'm always on edge in a parking garage. You're walking in a parking garage, and suddenly you see Dateline is there. I'd be scared. I feel um, like I was at the beginning of a law and order and I'm about to see a dead body. Yeah, I'd be worried. Definitely. So he says, the detective says the attack was targeted and fast and the SUV pulled up behind Pam's car so she couldn't leave. Very targeted. Mm. Someone in the building across the street actually saw her grab the railing. They're across the street. I don't know why they were, maybe they heard the scream. They looked They saw her, and then they saw an arm grabbing her back into the parking garage. Oh, my gosh. It's like a horror movie. It's a horror movie. This is so sad. What did Pam do to deserve this? Exactly. Spoiler alert. Not a darn thing. Nothing. Detective Bachman has seen enough cases to know that in his line of work, murder and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. Love and marriage. That was a good one, Mankey. I'm adding it to my favorite quotes. He does well. This episode, even though it's an older one, is strong. Oh, yeah. He was I mean, always strong all the way. Master. Yeah. We meet Pam's best friend, Carol, and she says her spirit was infectious, which is very close to a contagious smile, contagious laughter. Infectious spirit is it's, it's, similar. It's very similar. I'm going to say mark it off your bingo cards. There you go. Pam was a single mom. She was caring and giving. She bought the kids costumes just for fun, not for Halloween, which I thought was adorable. Love it. 
And Pam made and sold jewelry, but she dreamed of having a spouse to complete her family, hers and her daughters. Then she met electrician Jim, who was single without any children. Jim immediately treated Pam's young daughter, Desiree, like she was his own. But when he gave her a teapot during a white elephant gift exchange with a private note in it, Pam really fell for him. Aww. We meet Desiree, who is a <laughs> lovely young woman. I just got it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> also, it's inaccurate. That's not accurate. and You know it. I know. She didn't really fall. She didn't even know what the note was. No, she never the, got the she teapot. She didn't know the note was she, there. He took because the teapot. He, he took, took the, the note from the teapot. He took the note out. She did get a teapot filled with clever, like, moments, like the yogurt lid and remember stuff yes. that he had saved. And his old yearbook photo from high school. Yes. She took way too long. That was the most frustrating part of the office. But it, it did make it like you had to keep watching. They, I think they left, they hung on less friends did it way longer i feel like the back and forth no maybe they count together in season two bones has done it bones did it for by far the longest oh really yeah it was like 15 years they were basically it was it felt like 15 years so we meet desiree pam's daughter she is a lovely young woman and she says that jim became like a father to her she thought he was very funny and loving and when Pam got pregnant with Jim's baby, they decided to get married. They found out during a volleyball tournament when Pam sprained her ankle and had to get an x-ray. If you guys are not <laughs> catching these, these are office references. I'm only going to do like one more because it'll get confusing. But what if I decide to do one? I'm going to do a bing in here just in case people miss them <laughs> and think that this is actually something that happened in the story. If you hear a bing, that means office reference. So Jim started to have to work harder to support the two daughters in Pam and was on the road a lot trying to get work. Sounds familiar? Athlete, anyone? Bing? Oh, bing! <laughs> oh, that's right. He's in Philadelphia all the time. Hello? I did not remember yeah. the name of the company was Athlete. Yeah, it's a horrible name for a company. They yeah. struggled Pam went on public assistance and she blamed him for that. So they definitely had some rough patches. She called her friend Carol and asked her to send her money so she could file for divorce. But then they would always get back together. And if I was Carol, I'd be like, where's my money? I had some questions, but actually Carol was very sweet and didn't seem to be like needing it back. No, but I would be. It's like you give someone a wedding gift and they call off the wedding and you're like, do I get my present? You you say that, but you're very generous. So even if you think it, I don't think that people would feel that from you, which is a good thing. No, I would hide it. I would just let it seethe resentment. And just put it out to a podcast where there are tens of thousands exactly. of listeners. This is my therapy. Let's do <laughs> Pam then came up with the idea to combine her love of jewelry making with precious metals and Jim's love of coin collecting. So they started buying and selling gold and silver coins online as a home business. Now, Tell me everything. Right away, Tell me everything. Katie would love to do this for a business, but I, my first reaction was, this is going to go terribly. On Dateline, if you are a coin collector, a metal detectorist, or have silver bars buried underground, it's bad news bears for everyone. It never goes well. They had a gold bullion locker. They literally had a Davy Jones locker. It's not because Davy Jones locker, I think, is a grave. But 
You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. They uh-huh. called their company Goldfinger Coin and Bullion. Did I think that Bullion was soup? Yes, I did. Am I no, ashamed? No, you didn't. No, I'm we not. We learned it last time. Last time we had gold bullion, you learned it. Sure. You did. I know you learned it. But what Bullion exactly... is also soup, though. It totally is. Is bullion the bars? This is the question I keep asking. Is the... Unsure. Oh, my yes. God. I'm going to say yes with hopes that people don't write me with that information. I'm gonna... No, I'm looking it up. We're solving this mystery right now. What is frickin' bullion? What's bullion? They're going to say soup. Gold or silver in bulk before coining or valued by weight. So it is non-firmous metal that has been refined to high standard, blah, 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 bulk metal. So it's just, it can be coins, it can be anything. So yeah. No, it's before it was coins. Yeah, it's be- so I guess it would be bars. But bars have also been shaped. This is the picture so coming up as bullion. I can't see it. But it's a gold bar. It's literally okay, a gold so bar or a gold flat heavy thing that is also a bar. So it's the shaped ones and these flat ones that are like a rectangle. It's a trapezoid of gold. You know who knows the answer to this? Bob. Because he also watches a lot of those Gold Rush shows. I'm fascinated by those too. I have questions. Can, if they, anybody out there does can, it, like consistently pans for gold, let me know. In 2001, we're learning so much about gold. In 2001, there was a new gold rush in America. There's gold in these here streams. What were we doing? Mines. They had found their way to an online Sutter's Creek. That's what Josh Mankiewicz says. Did I have to Google Sutter's Creek? You bet I did. That's because you did not grow up in Central California. Because how many times my mother made me go to Sutter's Mill should not be mentioned. It's mm-hmm. so dull. I'm sorry to anyone that works at Sutter's Mill. But well, like when you're 10, that's you no. don't. You want to go to a place with rides. Mm-hmm. And Sutter's Mill, I think they're churning butter. It's one of those things where they oh, dress up like fun. it's the times. That sounds yeah. cute. But not over and over to have a historical lesson when you're like, we're going to do something fun. And then you go to Sutter's Mill and yeah. it's like, what, what do I do? Can I read my book in the car? It's a little bit like that. <laughs> So Jim and Pam's business was a get-rich-quick scheme that actually worked. But their downfall was the same as those human frailties of those miners who pan for gold instead of clicking on it. Lawlessness, pride, and simple greed. I have all of those. No, I don't. And so here's another question Josh Makowitz is asking us. If money is the root of all evil... Then what is gold? That's good. That's a good question. The root of all Smeevil? I, I don't know. Smeevil? <laughs> some, some days I have it and some days I don't. That's it. Smeevil was as good as I could do today. You're welcome. Remember at a certain time in 2020 when toilet paper was basically worth gold? I do. I do. And it still is in my house. Especially now that I've discovered Real Obsessed. Real makes sustainable toilet paper that uses bamboo. It is such an easy, sustainable swap in your house that makes a huge difference to the planet. Bamboo is the bomb. 
Bamboo, I'm obsessed with bamboo. If you don't remember that one, that's a callback. It is a grass that you can cut like a lawn and it grows back without harming the plant or the soil. So you can just reharvest the same bamboo over and over. Whereas traditional toilet paper is from old growth forests and it contributes to deforestation and all the plants and the animals that live there. Bye, bye, bye. And it's so sad. And all of this is for something you use once and then flush down the toilet. Again, if you are reusing your toilet paper like those people on Extreme Cheapskates, I still have questions for you. But yet, no one has reached out to me to answer those questions. I think they do that at Sutter's Mill. (laughs) And I know what you're thinking. You're nervous about bamboo. I was a little nervous, too, because I'm very particular about my toilet paper. The one time my mom bought the stuff that was that thin tissue paper that tears, kind that you put in a gift bag, there was a riot in my house. But I love real toilet paper. I'm going to order it for my parents next. It is soft. It is strong. Both are adjectives that I use to describe myself. Real paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for a one-time purchase on their website. And all orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging. If you head to realpaper.com slash datedateline and sign up for a subscription using our code datedateline, line at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com slash date date line or enter promo code date date line to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. So let's wow. stop flushing our forests and give Reels tree free paper a try. Zero trees, zero plastics, zero compromises with Real. Because let's get real about saving the environment. That's a real good idea. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Real. Thank you, Real. Katie, it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, where we talk about your boobs. Yes. Have you ever gone out in search of the perfect bra? You're fed up at home. You've tried on all your bras. One of them has the wire poking out. Two of them, you have to twist the straps to make them fit. Yes. Another one has like a hole in the lace in the under boobage area. You know what I'm talking about. And none of them fit that great. You're just walking around the mall going from store to store, department store to specialty store, just trying on styles and nothing fits exactly right. Does it seem like every bra you own has just one or two things that just are not quite right about it? That just kind of looks odd when you put on clothes? Look, yes. when it comes to wearing a bra, the struggle has been decades long for the women in my family until we found Pepper. Pepper bras are designed to perfectly fit a triple A to B cup, which is vastly underrepresented in the market. Mm. Founded by women, Pepper bras provide the perfect fit and flattering lift with no more cup gaps or unnatural, really uncomfortable padding. Because did you know that the industry standards were designed for a 36C? Now it all makes sense. Mm. Pepper is the bra brand for small-chested women that finally fits, and their mission is to inspire women to embrace the flat in flattering. Clearly, there was a big cup gap in the bra market, which is why the all-you bra was 470% funded on Kickstarter when Pepper launched. And the best part is, the bras are comfortable, but also stylish and so comfortable when you wear them that you forget you're wearing it. Pepper Mm -hmm. has over 11,000 five-star reviews, because women love Pepper. 
pepper. And for many of them, this is the first bra in their life that actually fits right. My sister is so excited with her pepper bras and has finally thrown away that one bra that was her super favorite, even though she had pinned it with the safety pin so that it fit correctly. But she felt like that looked the best in clothes. And she says now she doesn't have to choose her outfit around if that bra is clean or not. Now she has bras that look good in all of her outfits. So it's one less thing to worry about in the morning. And she's a busy mom. She doesn't have time for all that. Pepper is about body positivity. And so are we here at Date with Dateline. And their products are designed to make you feel empowered and love your body just as it is. You can try Pepper risk-free with free U.S. shipping and returns on orders over $99. So if you are a proud member of the IBTC, then embrace (laughs) the flat and flattering and check out our amazing offer from Pepper. You can get 20% off your first order when you go to wearpepper.com forward slash date. That's W-E-A-R pepper dot com slash date to get 20% off your first order. W-E-A-R pepper dot com slash date. Terms apply available at wearpepper.com terms. Pepper is a spice worth its weight in gold. Yes. Great job. Thank Thank you you so much, Pepper. Thank you for making bras for all of us that needed them. (laughs) So Lester says, get ready for another good Lester quote. Let's go, Lester. The color of money was about to get very dark indeed. Ooh. So Jim and Pam... They start their business reselling old gold coins. They buy them, they resell them at a profit. And then they set up a small bank in their house, I guess, which is just safes, uh, chests, locker, Davy Jones lockers, storing gold for customers and allowing them to borrow against it. They would go to gold trade shows in San Diego, LA, and Vegas. Now, every time Dateline has some talk of trade shows that are slightly unique and off the beaten path. It's something that I need there to be a reality show of. It was like the reptile trade show circuit and now the gold trade show circuit. Maybe it would be a reality show and each week they'd go to a different trade show circuit. TM. That's a great idea. But not for boring things. I have a very specific idea of the people that go to those gold trade shows <laughs> i do too they look a lot like jim uh-huh and have several watches uh-huh. that they keep in maybe one of those watch boxes that they yeah. travel with and that also goes in the safe at the hotel because they yeah. have do you know what i'm talking about does that yeah yeah i feel like that tracks in 2001 gold was at 240 sorry 250 dollars an ounce and Ooh. then it took off like a rocket in 2008, it was $800 an ounce. So in case you are not good at math, it was worth a lot more within seven <laughs> years' time. And Thanks, I'm going to analyze, just really break this down in simpler terms for everybody because I, I think agree. Josh Minkowitz is overestimating the audience here. I'm not going to say I tuned out at this part and was going <laughs> to wait for you to explain it to me, but I, I did do that. Much like the last episode where they were talking a lot about taxes and Yeah, taxes I, I listened to very closely. But this one, 
I was, there's a definite hole in my notes. Let's put it that way. The important thing to know is that they were getting rich off of the fees they were charging for selling the gold online because there was always a fee attached to it. So if it's a huge sale, they're making so much money. So much like when Andy needs to do the presentation, the the business plan presentation when he's trying to sell his buy my small business business plans or whatever they are. And the guy wants to do something with credit cards where every time there's a transaction, he (laughs) makes two cents and then they or and then they make two cents off of that. He doesn't have a good idea, but he knows that he needed to get into gold. Right, exactly. Yeah, that would have been great. So they move their business. It becomes really successful very fast. They're able to move it out of their house and even hire employees. They buy a new house. They buy a 200-acre ranch that they called Happy Camp Ranch with horses. And it was like a dream come true. They were nouveau riche, which Josh says very nicely that – they were determined not to flaunt it too much. Although at this point, we're seeing a photo of Jim with his head tilted back. He is in a hot tub with a mass of black chest hair and his head is back like he's saying, this is the dream, right, kids? And he just oozes nouveau riche. Did he have a watch on in the hot tub? Tacky way. Yes, I think he did. So it was everything tacky. It was the people that go on below deck And they brag about how many yachts they've been on and how rich they are. And the drinks that they ask for are super obnoxious. And you could tell they just got their money. Yeah, because they're asking for something with elderflower. Quick question. It doesn't seem like they did flaunt it, but that picture makes it seem like they they did not In fact, Desiree, the daughter, said she never really knew how much money they were worth because they didn't flaunt it. Jim, however, seems to be way more into the money. Yeah, he seemed to very much enjoy it. So the money let Pam be a stay-at-home mom. And Jim loved that because, well, as Meg says, he might have liked it a little too much. Because Uh. the company was her idea. And she was a VP of the company. But Jim was the president. And he liked the sound of being the president. What, you don't know? I'm president of a gold company, toots. You ever hear of gold? I buy and sell gold. How much bigger can you get than that? So he was the president. He- Do you think that he was called Big Jim? Do we think he was I called Big I think he Big might Jim? have insisted on being called, or Rich Jim. It might have just been Rich Jim. Gold Jim. Gold Jim. That's it. Actually, it sounds like sorry, Gold's that Jim. Is already the, that is already the name of something, so he can't be called <laughs> Gold's Jim. Jim Gold. You're going to do some deadlifts and some crunches at Gold's Gym. So he liked to control everything in the business. Desiree, his stepdaughter, said that the money changed him and his ego took over. But around this time, he also started to get very sick. His health was slipping. He got rheumatoid arthritis and he became addicted to pain pills. And that's when he became a real jerk. He bought a house without telling her. She, she cried to the boom mic guy. Ding. No, that was on the office. That's my last one, I promise. That was a terrible last season. I did not like that plot line. No one liked it. Everyone was Horrible. angry. He was bedridden. This is the real Jim. Was bedridden for a couple years. And he stopped interacting with the family and the kids. It's very sad. 
I didn't know that arthritis could be so bad that you were actually bedridden. I knew it was very painful and uncomfortable, but I did not know that it could get so severe that you would be relegated to your it can be debilitating and it was for him so Jim and Pam started to fight about the business at this point he wanted control but he also wasn't able to go into the office anymore they ended up separating and it was so bad that not even Michael Scott could remedy this ding cut to Mankey again on the helipad and the drone shot flies away I was just I just had to throw that in because there's so many of these good drones. I can't it maybe it wasn't even a drone. Maybe there's a helicopter operator with a camera guy hanging out the window of a helicopter. I think a drone is more likely. I think a drone is more likely. So they are getting divorced. Detective Abdul Rahman says that their divorce was acrimonious, nasty, bitter, all the adjectives. Yeah, bad. It was a bad, bad and one. And now, feds are looking into the company. So it's getting okay. worse. Yeah, this is They bad. are being looked at for fraud, tax evasion, and the transferring of money without a license. So Jim might have been doing shady stuff on the side. Pam mm -hmm. really wanted to be on the up and up. So when Carol, her friend, called her, for some reason Carol is involved in the business, and says, Pam, you need to get those licenses. This could be really bad. So get yeah. the license, at least get the process started to get all these licenses, and then you'll be in the clear. And so Pam right. went to Jim and says, we need these licenses now. But he didn't want to because he said, well, then the feds will all be in our books and which makes me think he was doing some shady things in the books. And that's why he didn't want the feds seeing his business. I would guess it would be a pretty easy business to crook the books with. Yes. You're doing gold transferring? Still the buying and selling, but also the money transferring. And taking okay. a percentage of all those sales and the transfer fees. It sounds shady, just on the- It sounds a lot like when everyone was trying to explain what Jen Shaw from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City did, and yes. everyone was like, I just don't understand exactly where the money's coming from, and so that right. she's harvesting organs? No, data? She's harvesting so the American dollar, is what she's Harvesting doing. the American dollar, like Pedro from Family Chantal. So- Pam wanted to do things right. So without Jim's permission, she withdrew a lot of money and started the paperwork for the licenses. Jim was furious. And the prosecutor of the case is telling Josh, he says, he calls her names that I won't even repeat in front of your cameras. And Josh Mankiewicz was wow. like, I'm Josh Mankiewicz. I've heard it all. Remember when Keith said, yeah. sweet flying F? I was there that day. I told him to Babies do that. Babies wept, birds cried. It was... Whose idea do you think that, that was? That was my idea, sir. <laughs> I've heard it all. <laughs> so then the feds indicted both Jim and Pam for not having those money transmitter licenses, mm -hmm. which is exactly what Pam was scared would happen. So Pam tells the authorities right away that she will cooperate. She wants to help the investigation. She really wanted to do the right thing. Now, did Jim know that she was cooperating with the feds? The prosecutor says, that's the $64,000 question. And I wish he had said something, gold coins instead of dollars. That's the 64000 gold doubloons question. 
Why is no one mentioning doubloons? Such a fun word to say. Yeah, certainly they should be. They should have already at this yeah. point. Would you like to start a doubloon collection? I would, just because it's so fun to say. Excuse me, I'm ca- I can't talk right now. I'm counting my doubloons. Uh, come on, who doesn't want to say that? Doubloons to U.S. dollars. The live doubloon price today is point zero 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 four seven eight U.S. dollar to the U.S. dollar. What is a doubloon? It's a Spanish oh, coin. It is a Spanish coin. Are they still called doubloons? They are. So we got to go to Spain. Settled. Done. Done. Let's go get us some doubloons. It's research for the podcast. Yep. Detective Abdul Rahman thinks that Jim knew that Pam was going to be a witness against him and was cooperating with the feds. Just days after Pam is killed, Jim is arrested, not for the murder, but he's charged with doing the transmitting trans transmitting sales without a license. So, yeah, the license they need were literally called, hang on a second, money transmitter license. I think it's also needed because you're sending money internationally, probably, right? I do not know. Okay. But that's what Jim is arrested for. So now while he's in jail for that, they can really dive into the murder. And the detective is studying every single security camera in the parking garage. He sees a red SUV pull up to the wrong exit out of the parking garage, which is Mm -hmm. panic-inducing, especially if cars pull up behind you. Because they start honking and you start sweating. When Katie and I had dinner oh my gosh. with someone who may or may not be the host of this episode last week, we did get stuck at one of those parking garage exit things. And it felt like a lot like a Laverne and Shirley episode where both of us are shouting to the person in the box. <laughs> in the intercom. Who I'm also yeah. suspecting Ma'am? was nearby Ma'am. in an office. And then she kept asking for the license plate and Katie doesn't know it. Which she's new car. So Katie keeps having state. to run to the back of the car to look at the license plate, run back to the box and is screaming numbers and letters. And the lady's like, what? What? And Katie has to keep going back. And I'm like, ma'am. And then she finally just hung up. It was very funny, though. It was, you were not it laughing, though. Right. You were so stressed. I was so stressed. I was like, we're never going to get out. <laughs> we're never going to. This is. I was worried. What I was worried was about to happen was that some sort of ridiculous Tesla was about to full up behind us. I was worried this was going to get ugly. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not super comfortable in this car. So I was like, I'm going to have to back up again. Oh, no. <laughs> Such a disaster. It was really funny, though. The guy gets out of the SUV to check the ticket thing and maybe yell towards the same lady that we were yelling at. It was totally like not. She wanted all of our information and name and driver's license number. I know. We don't have time for this. We just need to know why the credit card is not working, why we can't exit this parking garage. Why do you need my social security number? It was. Seriously, we were going to have to open a, cre- a line of credit in the parking garage. <laughs> it's so good. What's your blood type? It was so good. <laughs> so on the security camera, the guy gets out and he's literally pressing the box. He's doing what we did last week. And he's like trying to figure out why they can't leave. And then they have to back up and go out of another parking garage. But because of this scenario, they're able to see what one of the guys in the car looks like. And they get the license plate of the red SUV. So they run the license plate. And the SUV was rented from Avis by Goldfinger, the company. Okay. 
Wow. And it was currently being driven by the family ranch hand, the one who works at that big ranch that they bought, Jose Moya. He's one of the people in the car, but they see on video that there are two other dudes in the car. Uh They arrest Jose for murder. And the sad part is that he knew Pam really well because he was a ranch hand on the ranch. He even had his own living quarters on the ranch. So he killed. Sorry, And by living quarters, you mean a house. He He had had a full on house. house. Yeah. On the ranch. So he the fact that he would do this to her is terrible. And then we hear from daughter Desiree, who said that he was so nice and funny and like they got along really well. And her mom loved him, too. He was like part of the family. It's really horrible. It's really Carol sad. says Carol, who's Pam's friend, said Pam had been nervous recently surrounding the divorce. She had one point called Carol and said, someone's following me. I'm on the freeway and someone's following me. So she keeps driving and when the car peels off, she sees that it was Jose that was following her. Which also means that he is not very good at following. Katie, when we went to Vegas, if I was trailing someone, I would have been so obvious. Because remember my suitcase with the one wheel that's completely missing? So when I walked through the lobby, it was like clunk, clunk, and I would have been spotted immediately. I literally had to talk to my therapist about it because <laughs> your suitcase was trauma-inducing. I understand. Thank God for a way. Mm-hmm. A way creates beautiful, thoughtful products designed to change not only how you travel, but how you see the world. And now when we're starting to travel a lot more, you can count on a ways range of essentials to solve real travel problems whenever you take that next trip. And by real travel problems... They mean specifically your tragedy of a suitcase. (laughs) Has that situation now been rectified? Yes, because I ordered an away suitcase. I'm going to join the away club. I'm so excited. That trip was the final straw. It it did not come at a moment too soon. People were staring at me with my suitcase. Clunch. Clunch. It just needed to be let go. Now you're hiring a new suitcase. We went to Vegas with Kimberly's sad suitcase and my away suitcase. But no matter where you need to go, away offers a range of suitcases and other travel products to make your trip all around easier. They have a variety of materials like polycarbonate, aluminum, and durable nylon, and a variety of colors and sizes. So whatever you need to bring with you, away has a luggage that will help make your next trip not as noisy as ours was in Vegas. (laughs) I adore my bigger carry-on. That's the away suitcase that I have. It is the perfect size for a vacation. I have the durable polycarbonate hard shell. The features are literally everything that I need in a travel accessory. Besides just the 360 spinner wheels, it comes with this interior compression system that makes you able to pack more in, which is really important for me. There's also a hidden laundry bag so you can keep your dirty clothes separate, which is also really important. And most important, it meets the airline requirements for most major airlines as carry-on luggage. I have not had a problem so far. Yes. Every time I've traveled, I haven't even been questioned. It hasn't even been given a look. It's the perfect size. And you can fit so much in it. And I pack a lot. Yeah. All of Away's suitcases are built to last. They have durable exteriors that can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers or owners. And I am rough. (laughs) 
Also, Away's newest line of soft side suitcases are made with durable water-resistant nylon exterior that are made to last a lifetime, which is great because they're an expandable system. They're designed to expand to 1.75 inches, so you have the flexibility to pack even more. That 1.75, that makes a huge difference when Mm -hmm. you're just trying to fit that last pair of boots in. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to anyone specifically, but you know who you are. It also has a hidden handle on the base of the suitcase, helps you quickly grab your bag from the overhead bins or luggage carousels. Away has literally thought of everything. These are all the things that I want in a suitcase. And the best part is there's a 100-day trial on anything Away makes. Take the product out on the road, live with it, travel with it, get lost with it for a 100 days. And if you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. No ifs, ands, or asterisks. They also offer free shipping and returns on any order within the contiguous U.S., Europe, Canada, and Australia. So start your 100-day trial and shop the entire Away lineup of travel essentials, including their best-selling suitcases, at awaytravel.com slash date dateline. That's awaytravel.com slash date dateline. And I'm so glad that Kimberly was finally able to send her demon of a suitcase (laughs) away with some new away luggage the time is now and now a word from our sponsor BetterHelp let's talk about burnout I've been feeling burned out I've been working a lot I've been feeling overwhelmed so even when I'm relaxing you know when you're relaxing and you're not really relaxed there's like this edge to your relaxation I have no idea what you're talking about of course I'm thinking not just about work but I'm thinking about other people other people's problems family family problems, obligations, things happening in July, things happening in 2027. I'm thinking about... I get you. You got me. And because I'm not just a podcaster along with my other jobs, I have more roles like I'm a daughter and I'm a friend and I'm... Those are, I think, the only two. But symptoms... You're a sister. Your brother is getting married. You're a sister. I'm a sister as well. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. See, that's... I'm so burned out that I forgot that I was a sister as well. Symptoms of burnout can include lack of motivation, check, irritability. I'm always a check on that one, so that doesn't really count. Fatigue and sleeping too much or too little, triple check. Better help. Online therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking to my therapist has helped me figure out what's causing stress in my life, why I'm feeling burnout, and what I can do about it. It also just reminds me to sit down once a week, talk to someone, and slow down and just breathe. Just like, let's all just breathe together. Therapy is a huge help for me, and it might be for you too. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Dateline. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dateline because we can all use a little better help thank you better help thank you better help pam's friend tina says that the last time she saw pam pam was smoking like a train which is the first time i've heard that expression but i get it i can visualize it yeah and she was basically a mess she said that 
Tina, Jim is going to have me murdered. I mean, come on. That's bad. Is that on the bingo cards? Yeah, if something happens to me, so-and-so did it. Something like, some variation of that is on the bingo cards. Yeah. The detective rewatches all of the tapes of the building, all the security angles, and he notices that everyone in the courtyard is running towards the sound of the woman's screams, except for, guess who? Jim. Big Jim. He's just checking his cell phone. There's also some totally self-absorbed bee in the background who I also noticed does not make any attempt to move towards the noise. She is clearly too busy reading lines for her audition for a bit part on the CW show. Or I may be projecting. Maybe she's deaf. (laughs) She's not. You don't know? I can tell just from looking that she is reading lines. I know an actor when I see him. Deaf people can read. Oh, they want to. Of course they can. And they can be actors, too. Look at Marley Matlin. But I can tell in this case from the grainy surveillance footage, this girl is just self-absorbed. You can oh, just so tell. now we know what deaf people look like. Now they're a look. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> messing with you. I have seen my share of self-absorbed actors. If we get a letter, I'm going to laugh. Like, <laughs> actually, I know her. Her name's Amanda. And she's she hearing, hearing impaired. impaired. Um, apologies to Amanda in advance. But yeah, it looked Amanda. to me like you were just being very self-absorbed. Also, maybe sometimes when you're really, really focused on something, you just don't hear outside noise. So let's just hope it's that. Because okay. you do not want to be the only one. You just don't want to be that one no, in the video. No, there's like dozens and dozens of people who are like, oh my God, what's happening? Someone's being murdered. And she's right. just sitting there. Come oh, on. Boy. Yeah, that's not great. All right. So <laughs> the detective thinks that Jim already knows why there's a woman screaming. He knows that it's Pam. And that's why he doesn't look up, does not give an F because he knows what's happening. Of but course. that's not enough to charge him, obviously. It should be. It's criminally. It is. Unneighborly. So then enter a jailhouse snitch. Mark that off your bingo cards. Jim's roommate in jail says that Jim confessed to hiring Jose to kill Pam. And apparently he had tried to kill her or get her killed on four different occasions. One was when she was at a party in Malibu on the 4th of July. And detectives look into it and she was at a party in Malibu on the 4th of July. So they believe the snitch because how else would he know that except that all rich people in LA are at parties in Malibu on the 4th of July, which is why I've never been to one. They decide to have the snitch secretly record Jim and they hear him telling the snitch all about it. It's weird because we're not hearing the tapes, but then we find out we're going to hear him later. But the other weird part about this is, and it's always the case when we hear these recordings, is They've already told the person about it. So when the snitch is like, tell me again all about how you hired you, wouldn't you be like, I already told you this yesterday. Were you, you weren't not, listening? You You're weren't not a very attention? good listener. I yeah. knew you were zoning out. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so now they have the confession on tape. They charged Jim with murder. More than a year later, and they are able to identify Two more people that are in the car, Stephen Simons and Gabriel Marquez. Jose hired them to help him. Jim did not know them. He only knew Jose. They think that Stephen was the actual killer and Gabriel was the lookout. 
Jose was the driver. But Jim, he now has a taste for murder. He wants his cellmate to find a hitman to kill Jose. And he even draws out a map to where they can find him. And he wants Jose tortured into telling where these other two dudes are so that they can be killed too. So he just wants anyone that knows anything, you're killed. The price tag for Pam's killing was $25,000, which I think is a medium amount. By the way, we're always looking for people to update our Hitman spreadsheet on our website, adaywithdateline.com. If you're interested. So they think that Jim wanted her dead because of the divorce, because obviously on Dateline, no one wants a divorce. They just want to kill their spouse. And because Pam is flipping on him with the feds. Yeah. But it's particularly an evil killing because Pam had a phobia about knives and she thought if she was killed, it was going to be with a knife, which Mank finds incredulous that anyone would even have that thought to say it's like she's foretelling her own death. But it apparently was something she was very scared of. And so he had them kill her with a knife. That's messed up. Also, I feel like there's more to that story. There must be more to that story. A recurring bad dream or something. Something from her childhood. Yeah, that's sad. Jim's trial starts in 2011. He saunters into court with a styrofoam cup, which is not good for the environment. Get real toilet paper, R-E-E-L. Also, it appears by his saunter that his arthritis is not bothering him anymore. So good for him. Interesting. He must be in remission. I'm so happy for him. The prosecutor in his t- in his opening statement has a really good line. He says, it's not a typical love story where boy meets girl. It's a love story where boy meets gold. Oh, I thought that was a good line. It is very good. So they go a little bit into the money of the business. Essentially, they were charging only 2% for transferring money, which is very low. So everyone was using it for big transactions. And so in seven years, they made $20 million in just the fees, the transaction fees alone. This isn't even the buying and selling of the gold. This is just the transaction fees. So this is where the issue is, clearly, with the government. Well, you need a license to do that sort of money transferring. Yeah, because there's got to be regulations on stuff that big. There's no way. Jim's attorney said, well, yeah, they were getting divorced, but that wasn't a motive for murder. You know, if she hadn't been murdered, they would have just kept the company running like usual, divided up the assets like a normal divorce. No big deal. The problem with that is that they were under indictment, so the feds were going to seize all of their assets, and Mm -hmm. they can't just keep the company going because they were under indictment. So what he's saying makes zero sense at all. Yeah, Jim doesn't testify. I was really surprised at that given his controlling nature. Me too. Good decision. And now we get to hear the tapes that the jailhouse snitch taped. Jim says to the cellmate, she ran her mouth too much about the business. If she just kept her mouth shut, she knew her place, but she got out of control. Mm. So very controlling. And apparently he had tried four times where he set up everything so perfectly, but something went wrong every time. It's almost like a comedy of errors, Jim. I'm so sorry. So sorry for you, Jim. Jim's lawyer says that Jim, this is the excuse defense attorneys always use. 
I was just playing up the whole thing. I was just role playing kind of. I was trying to be tough because I was in jail. So I wanted to sound like a tough guy, like I hired a hit on my wife, but so I wouldn't get beat up and have my lunch stolen. It's literally what they always say. But on the tape, you hear Jim saying, I wish I could have killed her myself, but I knew I'd never get away with it. So piece of garbage. Yeah. Also on the tape is Jim trying to hire the second hitman for $25,000, which is sad because Pam was worth $25,000 and then all three Latino guys are worth $25,000 together. That is racist. I don't like that. The it's cell- at the very least rude. <laughs> exactly. The cellmate says, oh, we can get this done by next week. No problem. We'll get that fool Jose and we'll ask him some questions, which means torture him until he gives up the other guys. And Jim is really excited. And he's like, hey, make sure that everything's cleaned up. You know, everything's all ends are taken care of. You know, poor Jim really thought that he had found a friend in this cellmate. He had a nice little romance going. And that's what hurts the most, I think, for him. I'm sorry, but that's just, you're really a bad criminal. Yeah. Have you never watched any cop show? No. Don't talk to your cellmate. No. And you know how you pretend you see if your cellmate is a snitch? You tell him you killed someone. Like a random thing. And see if you get called in for questioning. Oh, like someone you didn't kill. Right. I think you go into prison the same way you go on The Bachelor. I'm not here to make friends. That is every reality show. Yeah. They say that on Drag Race, too. I know. But it is it started- from The Bachelor? Yeah, it is. I think that's kind of where it started. But can we put that on a shirt? Because I think that was good, sweet wisdom. I'm not here to make friends? No, go into prison the same way you go on The Bachelor. I'm not here to make friends. That is a good soundbite. All right. Approved. Come on. That Where's is- the stamp? Approved. Thank you. Approved. <laughs> you could do a mic drop. Do it. Go, go for it. It's too late. Drop it. So it's not. It's excellent. It's, I'm so sorry. I did not react in an appropriate matter. I thought that was very good. So <laughs> there you go. So the jury takes three days, which Mank says the jury only took three days. I thought this. Oh, this I is why like, we're why friends. Why did they take all three full days? But then they tell us why. Because why? Because it, he was up for the death penalty. Correct. So yes. they probably they take felt more like time they needed to. Give it a little more time. Oh, I don't even think it's that. I think that probably is a very hard decision. Yes, I'm sure. Jim is found guilty and gets the death penalty. However, as everyone knows, or maybe these jurors didn't know, we are in California and we never execute anyone anymore. Jose, Gabriel, and Stephen are all found guilty and they get life without parole. The daughters, of course, are the saddest part. They are now orphaned. And Desiree again, who's very lovely, says that she thinks Jim lost himself as a human being. He has no moral compass. He's a shell of a person. Money and power got to him. She is holding no punches. And I loved it. Oof. And then Mank says, what would you want to tell him And I w- if he's watching? And I was like, she just said it. Keep in everything she just said and make him watch that because that was yeah. good. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. need to say anything else. She nailed it. But... But she says... She says, why? That's sad. Yeah. I would really want to know why, too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Sorry, Desiree. I don't know. She seemed great. Yeah, she did. She also had the... I don't know, something about her eyes. She looks like a deer. Sort of 
worried the whole time. And I'm sure she is. I'm sure this was incredibly stressful for her. Do you know what I'm talking about? She had like sort of her eyebrows. Yeah, you know I kind of do know what you're saying. She had sort of naturally sad eyes, which made this almost sadder because it was like, oh, sorry, girl. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I can see that. And that's the end of the recap. But before we go to B-roll and all of that and the amazing fashion police and the fedora hat, this episode is dedicated to our Patreons, Mandy from Dallas, Texas, D- D- Dallas, I don't know why I'm in Dallas, Texas, and mm-hmm. Kathy from Louisville, Texas. Louisville? How do they Louisville, say Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky or Louisville, Texas? Texas. Well, that's crazy. Louisville? It's Louisville. I don't know. Kathy, I don't know. Mandy, I do know Dallas, how that's pronounced. Ladies, you're great. I think you gals should, should, should be friends. Like, hang out some Texas gals, have some sweet tea, and hang out. We're insulting them right now. We're insulting them. We, we want to be. Are they insulted by our accents? I don't think so, because they're Patreons, and I think most of our Patreons lack our terrible accents. Okay, great. Ladies, we think you're the bee's knees. <laughs> You could go shopping for Kohl's and use your Kohl's cash and be best friends. Talk about Dateline. Silver and gold, best friends. How's that song go? Uh, Ebony and Ivory? Nope. Silver. Take new friends friends and keep keep the old. One is silver, silver but you both are gold. Yes! You guys are the best. Thank you so much for being Patreons. Kathy, you're both gold. 14. No, what's the highest carrot? 27,000 carat. I don't I know. I think maybe 64. Is the lower the better carrot? Oh. I don't know. Two? two? No. The highest more the carrot. Carrot. Gold. Tell me. What's the highest carrot? 24 parts gold. 24K. You're 24K. Both of you. Is there such thing as 28 carats? Is there such thing as 48 carats? If there was 28, it would be Mandy and Kathy and all of our amazing <gasps> Patroni. Oh, that's what it is. Sorry. They, they, have, they can't do higher carrots in jewelry because it'd be too soft. Because the higher the carrot, sort of the softer the gold Interesting. Because it's less metal, more gold. Oh, I see. Thank you, ladies, so, so much. Thank you so much. Do you have any B-roll bonanza? A bit. A little bit. A little bit a lot. Carol, the friend, is against some sort of desert back sky. Where is she? Is she in L.A.? Is she in the desert of L.A.? Is she in Joshua Tree? I don't know. It's like a desert landscape. Also, she's doing some sort of hobby in one of the B-rolls. She's got all those Tupperware bins in front of her. Is she making jewelry? What is she doing? Oh, maybe. I, I didn't notice that. I was dying to know. I they didn't zoom in, but she's fiddling with it. The other friend is trimming a plant? Yes. Pruning. Pruning. But with scissors. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I never have seen that. that. I don't think. Oh, yeah, I've seen that with like real scissors. No, but I mean as a B-roll. I've never seen it. No, me neither. I really want to know what's in those Tupperwares, though. But really, I mean the main... Oh, wait, we do see Jim in a picture holding a Spud McKenzie dog. It is. It's also the same dog as Rex the TV Terrier, who is a Dateline sort of a mascot of sorts on Twitter. Oh, that's right. And they are called not pig dogs, but what? What are they called? I call them pig dogs, but that's not because like somehow when I first saw one in my brain, it looked like a cross between a pig and a dog. Really? 
Yeah, it's a long time ago. Uh, but what are they called? What kind of dog is that? It is. It's got a funny name. A. Start with an F. Bull Terrier. Not a funny name. Doesn't start with Not an F. Not funny, nanny. Whoa, what am I thinking? I might be thinking of a different kind of dog. But it was very. It was cute in the picture. Very cute. So is Rex. See you, oh, Rex. Oh, I'm sure Rex is cute. Roof. I would like to see a picture. Roof. Let me see if there's any more. Oh, yeah. Carol pouring coffee. The friend Carol. Yeah. The coin with the kangaroo on it is Australian. Yes. Honey? I thought it was a rabbit. That makes much more sense if it was a kangaroo. There's also a coin with a buffalo on it. Lots of different coins. Well, the buffalo is a American. American. Um, American. The gold B-roll, the gold and cash B-roll was so much. There was so many things. The thing that got me the most, did you see the e-bullion financials? Yeah. They focused on a piece of paper and it said e, like internet, uh -huh. like e-bullion. Yeah, like e-commerce, but it's e-bullion. It was great. And that and then is the Ford where you trade soup packets. It, that's it. Just across the states. Yeah. Just everyone trading bullion cubes. The 49ers footage I loved. That was great. And also there's, really an, there's one where they are doing cash and it's stacks on stacks on stacks, but it's a, it's, what is that stop? It's like stop motion almost where it's, you see one stack and then it's a quick shot to, and you'll see two stacks and then three stacks, but it's not a continuous shot. It's like they're I appearing and it's stacks on stacks in briefcases, which is just always shady when there's lots of briefcases filled with stacks of cash. They pulled all the money footage, footage. of yeah. money. Any B-roll of money. They did bills dropping in slow-mo. They had all of it in this. Also, where where did they get that much? That's fake money, right? Because they don't have all that money. That was There's not probably like a guard standing by. For that B-roll? No, yeah. I'm sure that was fake money. Yeah, for the B-roll. Yeah. But it was so much of it. Yeah. I just... That'd be expensive to make that much money. Well, I'm sure it was for some sort of shoot for a movie or whatever. Stock it's footage. It's like NBC that had need. that footage. Yeah. It was stock. Okay, oh, that was my question. Yeah. Okie doke. Right. Yeah, I don't think Daylight did that. Also, the Frentina is feeding carrots to a horse. So we got horse B-roll. Mark it off your bingo cards. Oh, there we go. Fashion police. Mank is wearing this plaid suit when he's with the detective. Mustard. Yeah. And then we also see the detective in a different fedora, in a black mm -hmm. suit and a black fedora, mm -hmm. walking through. And I thought, oh, he only wears hats all the time. But then we see He's him man. at his desk without a hat. Well, that's inside. No, but he was strutting through the precinct with the hat and maybe he takes it off when he gets to his desk. Exactly. He came from outside. We get casual shots at the desk in which he's wearing the coolest cop thing ever, which is the over-the-shoulders cop harness gun holder. Yes. Which looks great on him. Mm -hmm. It seemed absolutely fitting mm -hmm. that he would have several of those mm -hmm. that corresponded. He has a black one for when he wears black suits, and he has a brown one for when he wears brown suits. Mm -hmm. And also, let's be specific. This is a chocolate brown fedora that he's wearing outside with a chocolate brown pinstripe exactly matching Gorgeous. suit. And then Mank is kind of in this, like, complimentary sort of... Oh, he's wearing gold! Why did I say mustard? He's wearing gold! It's, it's a goldish mustard. It's a gold nod. I can't believe I didn't pick that up until... Mank, this is the second classic Mank episode from a long time ago, where he's wearing that plaid-type suit. He wears that in another episode, yes. too. That used yeah. to be one of his standard looks, is the plaid suit. He doesn't do that anymore. With like the self-check 
It's not, it's the, it's a variations on the same color. It's not like when we say plaid, like we're talking like a plaid that's got black with yellow lines and blue lines and red lines, like a Christmas plaid or something. It's a color on a color, but it's cross hatched all over the suit. It's very classy looking. I that think, was fashion, right? hashtag fashion education. I didn't, I learned a lot just now. Oh, I, I'm probably wrong. After Umpire, we shouldn't <laughs> trust anything I say. Do your own research, folks. Don't. Just don't don't take my word for it. I'm, um, I'm devastated. Gate. I'm still <laughs> devastated. Uh, I wake up in the night just being sad. Um, I have here. to watch something happy to get over. You're it. sweating. I'm um, here. We have to move on. Do you have anything else? Sorry. No, that's it. Alternative theories. It was definitely Jim. It was 100% Jim. Titles. Okay, let's go. Uh, money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Do you know what that is? Of yeah, Suzanne or uh, sorry, Suzanne. Uh, Lee Luann. Luann. But what is the what is it? I for? don't know. I just felt like it applied to Jim. Oh, there uh, we go. Okay. A tale of carrots, <laughs> because hey. carrot like gold carrots, but also we see her feeding carrots to a horse. There you go. Uh, okay, I was trying to get somewhere on double crossing. So I was, I was trying to make this work. Doubloon crossing. Doubloon crossing. Stop trying to make doubloon happen. <laughs> I, no. I'm not going to make it I happen. I won't. Stop. <laughs> no way, Jose. Okay. And I really tried to get there for, with Nouveau Riche. I was hoping you could get somewhere with Nouveau Riche. Nouveau Riche king at all. Great. I'll take it. Does that work for you? Yeah, I'll okay. take it. Sorry, off the cuff. I wish we had an ad for jewelry because then I would have called this episode Greenfinger. Yeah, me too. What happens when well, you check win. out Anna Luisa. Yeah. <laughs> to our old ads. It won't Anna give Luisa's you Greenfinger. The jewelry is beautiful. I'm like wearing, no, wearing it is. something it is from beautiful. them today. Um, yeah, it's beautiful jewelry. And then the underside of Dunder Mifflin, the Jim and Pam story. Oh, yeah. When the office goes wrong. That's so true. Good job. Okay. I had Fayed up with Jim's antics. Mm-hmm. Because our last name was Fayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, to coin a phrase, Jimothy, you're guilty. <laughs> Jim, may I call you Jimothy? Yes. Jim. Jim. Jimothy. Jim, can I call you Can I call you Jim? Jimothy. I love that so much. <laughs> Why is that so funny? It's so funny. It's so good. I also really need. I really need to know if that line was in the script or if, or if he, he just did improved that. it. Yeah, that's probably the one question I would ask Steve Carell yeah. if there was ever a meet and greet. I bet I just, they I talk need about it on that. the Office Ladies podcast, and I know a bunch of our listeners listen to it. Can we write in? Well, no. I bet they've already done that episode. I think they've done most of the episodes by now. Do they want to come on then and talk about this? Do you know how big their podcast is? I would. Do we want to try? Sure. Everybody, write to. Angela and Jenna and Pam. beg them to come on the show. Yeah. See if they'll come on to talk about this episode with us. Yeah. How great would that be if all of a sudden we had a double date this week? That, was <laughs> that would be amazing. That's amazing. But we don't know if we don't try. We're two female podcasters that are friends. They're two female podcasters that are friends. We're talking about a very popular TV show. They're talking about a very popular TV show that they happen to be on and we've never been asked to be on Dateline. But other than that, the similarities are very strong. 
you know what? But sometimes I do get confused because there is this woman that I've been watching. She's a lawyer who happens to be in Nashville and she's doing some trial coverage of a trial that's fascinating to me. And I watch her sort of take on it. She talks through it and sort of you can listen to her talk about it. And I was thinking about writing her and being like, hey, you're in Nashville. I'm a podcaster. You do podcasts. We're in Nashville. Can I pick your brain? And I was like, no, I love Katie. the confidence no. because usually you have imposter syndrome. But you know what? You never. But I, it it never wasn't even confidence. It just sort of was like, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she maybe she could help us figure out YouTube. And sure. Like. I think she's a little big to help us figure she's, out YouTube, I know. but you don't know if you don't ask. You never know. We, yeah. I, I can think of one person who was gutsy enough to, I'm not going to say it because it'll give away someone that we know, but they went up to a very famous movie star at a party and just pitched, I want to direct you in this movie that I'm working on. And they got to no, direct they did them not. in this movie. No, they did not. Yes, they did. Who do we know? It's it's someone that doesn't have imposter syndrome, let's just say. I'm dying to know. Okay. Anyways, let me continue with my excellent titles on our podcast. Okay, here we go. Goldfingered for murder. I figured you would get there. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm frankly surprised. Um well I thought for sure. Yeah, you would get I don't that know one. why I didn't even say that Jim It's your favorite word. Fingered Jose. Goldfingered. You have to say goldfingered. Goldfingered Jose. There we go. Okay. Um, gold rush to judgment, but it wasn't. But yes, no, it wasn't. But that's all right. You really got a gold on me. <laughs> and my last one is gold, gold bullion. Gold oh, I got bullying. you. Yeah, that's it. I got gotcha. you. Because he was kind of a bully. We did it. He was kind of a bully. Yeah, gold bullying. Oh, I thought he you... bullied her out of being in the business. But I thought you and were didn't saying... want her to go to the feds. But didn't you say gold, gold bullion? No, I was saying it quickly. It's gold bullying. Oh, I thought you were doing it like James Bond. No, so it sounds that's just my voice. So it sounds no because a you said bit. gold, gold bullion. So it'd be like Bond, James Bond. No, I'm not that clever. So I, did I thought gold that's what you're bullying. doing because the title. No, it wasn't that good. It was just gold bullying. No. Instead of bullion, it was bullying. I gotcha. It's a two star. It's no, fine. it was great. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody. Follow us on social media. Check out our Patreon. We do bonus episodes every week. And sorry, every month. That's not right. But we also do 90 Day Fiance. Oh. We do 90 Day Fiance and we do bonus true crime full length episodes. This month, we're doing a two part 48 hours don't tell dateline and we're cheating because it's crazy and if you're interested in watching us record the episodes live definitely join our patreon at the ten dollar level because we record those episodes live and you can chat and it's fun yeah thank you everybody and uh be your own bullion that's it be your own bullion <laughs> gold finger <laughs> <laughs> Stay fresh, cheese bags. I still haven't forgotten. You forgot. You know who's so annoyed right now? Joni. Hmm. You know what Joni's least favorite show on earth is? The Office. You know why? Because Bob watches the reruns. Sometimes twice a day, it'll be the same rerun, and he'll watch both of them. And she hates it. Why? Hate because it's on all the time. And I think she just doesn't appreciate that sort of humor. 
what sort of humor? The funny kind? <laughs> Sorry, I have to take that out. But you, my point, you, you see what I'm saying? She really Why does she hates not like it? She hates it. But what show does she think is hysterical? I don't know. Gold, the Goldbergs? She likes the Goldbergs. That's a similar vein of comedy. Mm, maybe. Joni, what kind of... Joni only watches shows with murder and British people. So Joni does okay. not watch a lot of comedies, to be fair. I think Joni would like The Office more if it wasn't on all the time in our house. But your dad really likes it, huh? He's obsessed with it. Uh, your dad and my 14-year-old niece. I feel like that's all... You know what, Office? You done did it. Mm -hmm. Because... You're for all people. Mm -hmm. There you go. On Below Deck, there were these guys. I want a Bloody Mary, but I want the huge stalks of bacon. He called them stalks of bacon. And they and jumbo shrimp. These aren't jumbo shrimp. These are tiny little shrimps where you put the shrimp and the bacon in the drink. Come on. What are you doing? Where is everybody? Can we get some music? I'd love a blanket. Where's my drink? Can you, you know what? I don't even need to finish it before you top it off because then it, the ice melts. So can you just fill it up when I take a couple sips? That would be great. I'd love a fresh drink every couple sips if that's not too much to ask. We're only paying 60 grand to be here for three days. That's real, these people that were just on Below Deck. 